Hello, welcome to your courageous journey. This is Julie Fairber. And this is Julie Sickles. And we have a mind moment today. Last week we talked to Alice and it was a really, really cool interview. I really enjoyed talking to her. Before we really kind of dive into this though, I wanted to just again state kind of our goals here, what we're doing just for those who are tuning in for the first time. Like I said, this is a mind moment. And our episodes are structured by one episode will be an interview, which was last week. And then uh, we will do a mind moment, which is Julian and I will talk about a self-improvement topic or a mental health topic or something from the interview. We'll kind of do like a deeper dive into it. And Julie will give us her therapist expertise. And it's really good stuff. <laughs> so- it is. It is. And I'm so excited to talk about this week's topic which is active listening. That's a good one. It is. It it's is. really important for pretty much anyone who ever wants to have any sort of relationship with anybody. Right. Right. <laughs> it's one of those skills that obviously does not get enough airtime. We don't really, I don't know, I don't hear people talking about active listening that much when it is something that's going to influence you. The majority of the time you're awake, active mm-hmm. listening could be a tool that could be really helpful for it's you. true. So what exactly is active listening because I know I've spent a good time feeling like listening is not an active thing (laughs) right sitting here I know we do think of listening as more being a passive thing and Mm -hmm. so I think that's a really good question so when we're talking about active listening we're talking about being involved in the listening process But it doesn't mean just being quiet. And I think that's what part of the active listening is. Being able to communicate what you are hearing is a very important part of active listening. So in general, I'd say active listening is listening to really like being mindful and present in a goal of genuinely trying to understand the other person and what their message is, right? Like, what are they trying to get across? What are they trying to say? And so active listening, or another term that I like to also use, I feel like is a similar concept is validation. So Mm -hmm. when we're using the active listening or validation skills, we're letting the other person know that we do hear them and what we hear them saying. So you mean it's not just me sitting here quietly, patiently, Waiting to say what I want to say? Yes. Which is why I think active listening is misunderstood. Because if you're just sitting there quietly, patiently listening, I really don't have a clue what you heard me say. Right. Mm-hmm. And I know for me, things don't always come out and explain perfectly, like the picture that's going on in my head. Mm-hmm. And active listening, I feel like what it does is it helps you to clarify, you know, I have this picture and I'm going to use all these words and I'm going to try and describe it. (laughs) And active listening helps you to see what that picture is looking like in the other person's head. And so it's a great tool to help really cut down on miscommunication. Because if I'm Mm -hmm. sharing something with you and then you're like, hey, Julie, let me see if I understand. And you repeat stuff back. I can be like, well, kind of, right? Like this part of what of the picture is right. And this yeah. part of the picture, that wasn't really what I was thinking. So let me explain that again. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so it's very, very helpful for reducing miscommunication. So especially when you're involved in communicating with someone who maybe there's been difficult communication in the past. Mm-hmm. I would highly, highly encourage people to try to pull this skill out and use it. It's not always necessary, right? Like Julie, when you and I get together and we're just talking about stuff, you know, you can say something and I can like respond and ping pong off of that. And we talk about something else and we talk about <laughs> something else. Yeah. And we're, we don't need to like sit in this place where everything you say, I'm going to re- try and like summarize or repeat mm-hmm. back to you. Yeah. But there might be times where we are talking about something, and this has happened as we've been planning our podcast. Yeah. And I thought I said something and like that you got the picture of it. And then <laughs> we find out later that it was totally. And not then the later case. I'm like, okay, so we're doing this thing now. And you're like, what are you talking about? <laughs> this actually just happened last week to us. <laughs> 
there's so many factors in that though <laughs> there is there is but but yeah. i was like we're doing this thing now and you're like what are you talking about and i'm like i thought we just talked about this last week like, are we gonna do a b c and b and you're like uh i don't remember that but it sounds good <laughs> let's do it <laughs> <laughs> makes me laugh so much yeah that sounds about right I actually have a pretty terrible memory sometimes <laughs> but it could have been right it could have been that I was like okay here's the plan mm-hmm. and we're not always good at like writing our plans down we've been trying the we yeah, have that's true. tools that we're using right mm-hmm. but if I'd say okay here's the plan next Tuesday this is what we're gonna do mm-hmm. and I write that down and like you can see it and you agree to it <laughs> then I know, right, that you're understanding what the plan is because it's written down. Or if I say, like, you know, this is what I think we should do. And then you're like, yeah, I could always clarify, too, by saying, you know, so what did you hear me say? Right. Like, what? (laughs) like, (laughs) I didn't do any clarifying. Mm -hmm. And you saying, yes, that sounds good. Doesn't necessarily mean you caught the vision. Right, yeah. what I was thinking. True. So you and I, we get along well. So it wasn't like a big problem or a big issue. Yeah. But, yeah. but it did take us a moment to get back on track because mm-hmm. we weren't in the same place. And right. so we had to like readjust and get back right. into the same place. And so that's why active listening is, can be really helpful. So if you feel like the other person is zoning out, it's great to ask them questions to get a sense of what they've heard and that's requesting them to do the active listening or the validation mm-hmm. yeah um, or if you feel like you're going into a conversation that might be really challenging and difficult this is the number one skill to really mm. start with to it's huge good communication and you don't even necessarily have to like do it in a formal way um mm-hmm. You can just go in and say, look, I know we've been having this difficulty and mm-hmm. I just want to hear from your side of things, like what you think is going on. And and then if you're using kind of the steps, which we can kind mm-hmm. of talk about the steps, then you're going to be frequently checking in and saying, OK, wait, I want to make sure I understand and repeating what the other person is saying. And what that does is it really allows the other person to feel like you care, to feel like they're really being heard, to feel understood, to -hmm. feel acknowledged, to feel accepted by you. And so it's going to reduce any kind of defensiveness Mm -hmm. in situations where people, um, where maybe conflict escalates quickly between people. And it just sets, it just sets a different tone. So I actually have an example of a conversation that I had even just today. Um, I have a friend who is really, really good at the act of listening. And when I say that, I don't mean like, oh, it's perfect and he does it perfectly well or whatever, because it's never like that. But I think that's always like a conscious effort. Right. And it it has become more so for me as well. Um, But the point of me saying this is like, there's the situation. So I've talked before about my ADHD brain mm-hmm. and how kind of sometimes things get like jumbled. Yeah. Sometimes it'll be really clear and I'll have like a clear idea of what it is I want to say. And then before I get to the end of what I want to say, it'll get jumbled a little bit, you know? <laughs> and so, um, yeah, there was a moment today where I was like, okay, hold on. I started saying what I was saying. It was making sense. And then I was like, wait a second, I need you to repeat to me what your question was because things have gotten so jumbled that I want to make sure that I'm like on the same wavelength, you know? And so I think in a way that's also active listening, like on my part, right? Because I got derailed a little bit and then was able to say, hey, okay, hold on. Let's go back for a second. Is this what you said? Yeah. You know? Yeah. So yeah, yeah, that's like just one example of how active listening helps me because it's like there's a million things floating around there at the same time sometimes. Well, and I think that's a good example of how active listening helps. If you're so busy just thinking about how you want to respond or, you know, how you're going to counter 
what the other person is saying or how you're going to show them that what they're saying or thinking is wrong, Mm -hmm. then you're not really getting the point of what Uh they want to say. And um, it's really hard to solve problems with other people Mm -hmm. when we don't even know what the problem is, Mm -hmm. right? And when you're only viewing things from your own perspective, you're not capturing the problem because the other person might be viewing a totally different aspect of the problem Mm -hmm. as what needs to get solved. And so active listening also helps you to get on the same page so you actually can move on to doing something about it in a way that's actually going to be effective and not just Mm -hmm. pull you apart or pull you away from the other person. But a lot of times when you do active listening, that's enough to solve a lot of problems between people in and of itself. You know, the research actually shows that a really high percentage of the time, probably more than 90% of the time with couples, when they implement active listening skills, by the end, they feel like just the act of both of them listening and understanding each other resolves the issue. Mm-hmm. Like they don't even have yes. to go on and make a plan for mm-hmm. like, oh, we have this problem and this is what we need to solve. Sometimes the problem or maybe I should say a lot of times the problem with couples is that they're not listening to understanding and accepting the other person and where they're at. So this is the solution to that. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, there's a, there's kind of a joke that goes around that, you know, men just want to solve the problem. Right. Yeah. Uh, Heard that a lot. (laughs) Yeah. And what I like to tell women is, is if you start the conversation by saying, Hey, I have a problem that I need your help with. Mm -hmm. And my problem is I just really need someone to hear me and hear what I've been experiencing and like understand. Mm -hmm. Then guys can go in knowing exactly what's needed, which is this active listening and validation piece and feel really confident that they can do it. And then women can get that validation that they need because women do need validation oftentimes in a different way than men. I am generalizing a little bit. You know, right. It might be, there might be some men and some women who are the opposite of what I'm talking mm-hmm. about, but the majority of women really do want to just be heard. They don't necessarily mm-hmm. need someone to come in and fix something for them. Yeah. And men and women communicate a little bit differently in general. <laughs> Yeah, I find that to be very true, generally speaking. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. So I think there's a lot of benefits to Mm. active listening and validation and a lot of good reasons to do it. But I find that a lot of people aren't doing it. (laughs) Well, I know. So for me, like if you're in a discussion, which a lot of them to me resolve excuse me revolve around emotions yeah bad feelings things like that i think sometimes we get really really stuck in our feelings we do it's hard to step outside of them and consider another viewpoint Mm -hmm. another perspective when i'm there i do find myself a lot in this this space of like okay yeah yeah you're talking you're talking you're talking are you done yet oh okay hold on uh you're talking more you're talking are you done yet like there's no any listening let alone active listening yeah because i'm just sitting there like all right just waiting for my chance to like jump in and so yeah it's not a skill that's oftentimes natural or second nature. And that's why I call it a skill, because just like any other skill that you might want to develop, right, whether it's playing the piano or dribbling a basketball, Mm -hmm. there's going to be a certain amount of practice and time and learning that you need to put in before you can progress and do it better. Mm -hmm. And that's the same thing with communication and listening skills. There are these tools that you can learn to make things better But if you don't spend time in them, Mm -hmm. or if you think, I did it and it didn't help me out this one time, so I'm not going to do it again, Mm -hmm. then it's not going to be beneficial. So it is something that you have to be very mindful about, especially when you first start using it. But what I think is really helpful to keep in mind, Julie, for situations like you're discussing right now, Mm -hmm. is that validation and active listening actually help to release those emotions 
And so if you're feeling the need to be heard and listened to and validated, I think it's a very important thing to communicate that need effectively and just say, I'm really upset right now. And I'm wondering if you can take some time just to really listen. And then if Mm. you can have the other person listen, what happens is the intensity of those emotions decrease. And as the intensity of those emotions decrease, then you have that ability to begin to listen to someone else, right? Mm -hmm. So what I found in my office when people come in, if they are really worked up and upset, I'm Mm -hmm. just going to step back and I'm going to let them talk and I'm going to let them know what I'm hearing and just let them know that like I'm understanding them. And Mm -hmm. as I do that, they automatically are going to feel better right? The intensity of all that emotion is Mm -hmm. going to go down. And so active listening is kind of the answer to what you're talking about. It's just being able to use those skills in the moment, which Mm -hmm. if we practice them, it's going to be easier to do. True. I think there is something to be said too, that you and I have talked quite a bit about. And I think sometimes we can get stuck in such a heightened emotion Mm -hmm. that it's okay to take a breather. For sure. Walk away. (laughs) For sure. And I kind of am one of those that have to. I get like sometimes, I think I'm pretty good at regulating my emotion most of the time, but there Mm -hmm. are times where I just go from like zero to 60 in like less than a second. Right. I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I just got to step back for a minute. (laughs) If you engage me right now, it's probably not going to go too well, (laughs) which is totally okay. I think there's a way to communicate that need. Yes. Yes. For sure. And that's really what it's about, right? Communicating that need in a way that hopefully is going to be helpful to the relationship Mm -hmm. instead of hurtful. I'm going to briefly talk about something, but I think it would be a really good mind moment for us to talk about in the future. Okay. And that's really talking about what happens in the brain when we are triggered. Oh, yeah. (laughs) You know, I'd like to talk about that a little bit more, but legitimately a major part of our thinking brain shuts down when we get really upset. And so any type of problem solving is going to be nearly impossible for us if we are just in our emotional brain. Mm -hmm. And so I think you're right, Julie, either stepping away and doing the self-regulation, calming ourselves down (laughs) or doing the emotional regulation that we need to, to get back on track Mm -hmm. or having someone that we can talk to that can help us to calm down. I think mm-hmm. people often do use other people to talk to when they're really upset to help calm down, which I think mm-hmm. can be helpful. But it uh, emotional regulation tools are even more helpful because then we don't have to rely on anyone else. We can really find within us the capacity to be able to manage our own emotions. So I think mm-hmm. both of them are good, but one of them is underutilized and a little more empowering when we can learn and practice those skills. So let's put that on the list too of another mind moment, emotional regulation skills. Yeah, that could definitely be something that we talk about in and of itself. So talking about the brain a little bit and how it gets triggered and kind of speaking to what you're talking about are all things that we can dive more into. But I don't want to do that right now because I really want to talk about active listening. And Yeah, I want to get to that too. Uh, But the One thing I did want to say real quick that we've already mentioned. So there are techniques too to kind of manage your emotions before you get into a conflict, right? Yes. Um, That's the writing and burning, that Mm -hmm. kind of thing. We don't need to delve into that right now either. Right. um, But if you know a conversation is going to be difficult or challenging, you can do some of the emotional release before Mm -hmm. so that when you show up to the conversation, you don't have all the emotion clouding the actual facts of what is happening and really diverting you from having a conversation that's going to be successful and helpful. Okay. So let's get back exactly to the act of listening. Yeah. So are there specific steps and stuff that you suggest for people that they need to take? Okay. Yes. Yes. I... I am a step person. Julie knows me. I <laughs> I like having steps. Yeah. I have a handout that I sometimes use and maybe we can put it on social media after. But I have kind of a five-step process that I like to talk to people about on how to use active listening so that if it is a new or unfamiliar skill or tool, they can feel much more confident in knowing, okay, I can do this first step and the second step and this and the third step. So we can just kind of go through the five steps. The first step, which might be 
the most difficult is to really pay attention to what someone is saying, what they're thinking, what they're feeling, and body language, their nonverbal communication. Uh, sometimes nonverbal communication is really not paid attention to, mm-hmm. but there's a lot that people say in their nonverbal that doesn't come out of their mouth. So it is good to kind of watch. Do you have an example for that? Listen to tone of voice. Sure. I could say the exact same sentence, right? Two different ways. So the sentence would be, I'm having a great day, right? Yeah. Or I can say, I'm having a great day. And they mean completely opposite things. And if you're not paying attention, right, like you guys are listening to my voice and you can probably hear the difference, but Julie could see because we're doing Zoom right now. So she could (laughs) see that my face was very different, right, for both Mm -hmm. of those statements. And so we don't want to just pay attention to words. Sometimes people will just pay attention to words and be like, well, you said this. Mm -hmm. Well, that wasn't what I was trying to say. Right. Mm -hmm. And you can get into an argument about what was said or what was not said. And that's why I think it's important to pay attention to more than the words. Mm -hmm. Like, what is that person trying to communicate? What is the picture in their mind? What are they thinking? What are the emotions? Emotions. When you go and validate emotions, what you see coming from the other person, you really can't get wrong. Because if you're wrong, they at least know you're paying attention and they'll clarify And if Mm -hmm. you get it right, the other person's going to be like, oh, this person cares. They're (laughs) getting it. Like, this feels good. Yeah. One thing I want to say with this, too, is that because of body language and other nonverbal factors, trying to resolve things over text is a very bad idea. (laughs) (laughs) Yes and no. You can use it. Well, in say a way. it can be. It can, it can be. It can, right. it can make blow things up. a lot worse. Yeah. And I think if it is, I think if you're trying to resolve something via text and you can see that it's not it's not going well, it's getting worse. I think I think it's an appropriate thing to say, you know what? Maybe we should do this face to face or maybe we should do this on the phone or, you know, whatever situation is appropriate. I think also just knowing you and the person you're trying to communicate really helps. I have known couples who they do their best at understanding each other through text because Mm -hmm. when they're in the moment, they get triggered so easily that they never, ever get to this active listening validation step. Mm -hmm. And so they can send a text and be like, I'm feeling concerned about this and this and this. And the other person will then have time to get upset, do Mm -hmm. some of the self-regulation, think about what was the message that they're actually trying to communicate, right? Not what's bugging me about this message. Right. And then respond in a way that's much more cool, right? Mm -hmm. Like not hot-headed. So. For someone who definitely has trouble in the middle of the moment, managing some of that, sometimes emails or texts where you can kind of lay everything out kind of can give both of those people time to cool off so that when you do come together, mm-hmm. you are more in a spirit of, I want to understand more. Okay. Um, I think that can make sense too. Yeah. And then also, I don't know, I've been in situations where someone's able to just kind of clearly say what they mean in an email or something. And then we can go into a like verbal conversation, conversation, and we can touch point by point, you know, right on the different things. Mm -hmm. But it really depends, right? Like I'm probably much better at verbal communication than written communication. You know me, Julie, my texts are really (laughs) short and, and kind of brief. And um. I don't know that I would ever attempt to do a lot of written, either text yeah. or email, resolving if I can do it verbally. Right. Because I can yeah. clarify a lot and know a lot better kind of where people are at. But you have a lot of practice in that because that's what you do for your job, right? It's, it's, it's all, true. all verbal communication. So It is. Yes. Yeah. I know there are some <laughs> people doing therapy through text. I do Mm. not do that. (laughs) Mm. But some people really enjoy it and some people really, it works for them. So there's a lot of different people. So I think you're right though, that a lot of context can be missed through written communication. Mm -hmm. And you have to be aware that things can be misunderstood even more easily when you don't have some of that tone of voice and body language to add in. Yeah. Okay, so step one includes pay attention to nonverbal 
cues. Yes. Right. So okay, what so someone's oops. what what are the words you're you're hearing? Mm-hmm. What is the message you feel like they're trying to convey? What are some of the emotions that the other person is experiencing? Right. It, mm-hmm. It's really paying attention to quite a lot of things, not just not <laughs> yeah. just the words. Right. right? And yep. that's why it, I say it might be the hardest one because it yeah. sounds simple. But when you start to really like try to do it, you're having to pay attention to multiple different things that are coming mm-hmm. from the other person and trying to manage the stuff going on in your own brain. All of that responding and right. thinking about and, you know, Sometimes someone can say something and then you'll just start thinking about something totally different. You're having to manage a lot of different things just to do that first step. And a lot of people think active listening is just the first step too. And it's not. It's one of five. One of five. Okay. So what's number number two? So number two Mm -hmm. is that you want to... Make sure that you are verbally checking in with that other person regularly. You don't want the other person to just like spout off for 10 minutes and then mm-hmm. you try to share that message back to them or that mm-hmm. picture because you're not going to be able to capture all the details right? and you're going to miss a lot and they're not mm-hmm. going to know if you miss it. And then what oftentimes what happens if you're ever in a conversation and you find that the other person keeps repeating the same things over and over. Have you ever had that happen, Julie, where the other person just keeps saying the same thing over and over again? Mm -hmm. To me, that's a huge red flag that they Mm -hmm. they haven't felt heard. They can't see what the picture in your mind is Mm -hmm. and if it matches theirs. So whenever anyone does that in my world, I'm always like, okay, I need to repeat out loud what this picture is that I see Mm -hmm. of what they're trying to say. Because if you can capture it, there's no need for them to repeat it anymore. Right. So it's really important. Step two is don't let them say more than you can keep in your mind. Yeah. Which means sometimes you have to interrupt. You absolutely have permission to interrupt. Now, okay. how you do the interrupting is really important. <laughs> right. <laughs> now, <laughs> shut up. Hey, can you shut up for a second? <laughs> right now. <laughs> um, yeah, that's that's not going to go over well or have oh. a conversation. <laughs> Uh, yeah. But if you say, oh, hold on. I use a lot of body language, actually, at this mm-hmm. point. Um, yeah. I've actually literally stood up in my office before when doing therapy with people to be like, wait a minute. Okay. I need to really make sure I understand. Yeah. Or I'll put my hands up, like stop yeah. signs. Yeah. That's a really common one. Yeah. And I'll be like, wait, 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 wait. I want to hear what you're saying. That's a lot of times what I'll start with. I want to yeah. hear what you're saying, but I want to make sure what you've said so far, I really understand. Right. So can I like check in with you so that I know what you're saying? Mm-hmm. And I haven't really ever had someone say, no, that's a bad idea. Right. Like they're like, oh, okay. Like, yeah. that's good. Now, part of that's because I build a relationship of trust and the person knows I'm not interrupting just to try and make a point. Right. right. If, if I yeah. say, I want to check, like, hold on a second. I want to check in. Mm-hmm. They know I'm going to check in. Mm-hmm. If I stop them and say, hold on a second, I had a thought about something that you said and I wanted to run something past you, then they know that I'm actually moving into a space of problem solving. And so it is important to be really clear if you interrupt and you don't just check in and then let them keep talking, mm-hmm. they're going to be much less likely to stop talking and allow mm-hmm. you to bring this important skill and tool into the conversation if they feel like they're not going to be able to get everything out and be heard Mm -hmm. so it's a really important thing to do and to do Mm -hmm. it in the right way and to follow kind of the guidelines so let's move on maybe if you're unless you have questions you have any questions about step two no i don't think i have more questions but i just want to restate it step two is to check in to make sure that you know what they're saying and to repeat it back that kind of thing yes and to not let them say too much Yeah, that's a very important part of the step. Don't let them say too much before you check in. Okay. And then step three is kind of what you just did. You just gave us a good example of it. You're like, let me make sure I'm understanding this. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, Step three is the active part of active listening. And that's Mm -hmm. when, once you stop them and, you know, in step two to say, let me check in, then step three is to be able to repeat back what you were hearing them say through paraphrasing or summarizing. 
like it sounds like you are feeling really frustrated because A, B, and C are going on, right? Mm -hmm. Or, you know, I'm hearing that you're really mad at me because I did these things. Or, you know, what I'm hearing is you want these things to happen. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of different ways to start it off. Like, let me see if I understand. Or this Mm -hmm. is what I'm hearing you're wanting. Or maybe you're struggling with this. Yeah. And that's kind of step three. I think step three, it sounds easier sometimes than it is when people Mm -hmm. first start doing it and using it. At first, it sounds a little robotic, a little mechanical, but as they practice it more, it can become very natural, right? Mm -hmm. Like probably as you're hearing me saying these phrases, it doesn't sound robotic, but when you first try it out, it might, and that's okay. That just means Mm -hmm. you're at the beginning stages of learning the skill. (laughs) And I don't know about you, but I I wasn't good at dribbling a basketball when I first tried it, right? It would just like fly away from me. (laughs) It wasn't. I'm still not good at it, so it's fine. (laughs) Oh, that's not true. Building you're, a bear, <laughs> tripling a basketball. You can dribble a basketball. I'm sure yeah, you're like kinda. 10 times better than I am. I can dribble a basketball if I'm standing still. Then you put like movement into it and it's a whole <laughs> different story. <laughs> but if you practiced, I'm sure you could get better. Oh, yeah. I, I was better at it when I was younger than I am now. So yeah, out of practice. But anyways. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that's step three. Mm-hmm. So step three is actually repeating out loud the message Mm -hmm. that you were hearing coming from the other person. And then step four is the next step, which is then allowing them to kind of clarify and further explain. So step three is kind of like verbally out loud, telling them what it is the picture, that picture is in your head of what you heard them describe. And then step four is letting them kind of take that picture in your head and adjust it and shape it and change it. Yeah. So that it fits more closely. Yep. If yeah. needed, Got so it. that it fits more closely. So mm-hmm. once you say like, oh, I'm hearing that you're frustrated about this and this and this, you could mm-hmm. say, do you feel like I'm getting what you're saying? And then they could be like, uh, yeah, but it's it's a little bit more too. So a lot of times what will happen is the first time they explain it, they won't maybe catch all the details. So once they hear what you did hear, they can add more to it. So it isn't right. even necessarily about changing something that you didn't hear correctly. It's maybe mm-hmm. adding something to it that didn't come out the first right. time. So it helps them to better understand themselves as well. Like if you have mm-hmm. someone who's really upset and confused, repeating back what you're hearing can help them clarify within themselves how they're feeling and what they're thinking. Mm-hmm. So step four is kind of sitting back and listening again to what they're saying and sometimes then you have to go back through the step two and three where you right. check in, mm-hmm. you repeat the added information that you heard, mm-hmm. you ask if you're if you're kind of getting it or not, and then allow them to clarify and explain more. So you might kind of go on repeat with those steps one, two, and three until you kind of get to a place where the other person's like, yeah, I really feel like you get me. And that's when it's time to move on to step five, our last mm-hmm. step of active listening and validation. And that's being aware that if you really want the other person to feel understood, that you should refrain or stop yourself from offering any kind of advice, any kind of solutions, any kind of opinion about things until after you get permission from the other person And you get assurance from the other person that they feel understood by you, right? Yep. You want to repeat that one back so I know what you got? (laughs) Yeah. So I don't offer, after we've understood, you came to me with an issue, okay? Okay. And, (laughs) And you are confident that I understand you. I've gone through those steps. I've repeated back to you. I've checked in with you. And- We've touched on every little piece. You're confident that I understood what you're saying and I've heard it all, right? Mm -hmm. So then I do not offer anything for you until you give me permission to do so. Exactly. Exactly. So that might look like me saying like, do you feel like I I get what you're saying? And the other Mm -hmm. person being like, yeah. And then me saying, you know, I have some thoughts on that. You know, would it be okay if I shared those with you? Or... If it's a conflict between us, it might look Mm -hmm. like me saying, you know, I 
kind of have my own perspective about what happened. And I would really love it if you could listen and try and understand my experience of this, Mm -hmm. even if it is a little bit different than your experience. Do you think you're in a place right now where you could listen to me? Yeah. And sometimes people are, and sometimes they're not. (laughs) Um, And that gives them the opportunity to be like, no, I'm in emotional brain right now. I just can't. I just can't hear anything. And Mm -hmm. what's nice is it gives them the opportunities to say what they can and can't do. But -hmm. you might be able to say to them like, okay, would you be willing to maybe do it in an hour or two? Or, you know, could we talk again tomorrow? Yeah. Can we come back to it? Can we come back to it? Exactly. And then they don't have to look like the bad guy because they're like, you listen to me, but I'm not going to listen to you. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like most of the time when you're in that space where you're being able to actively listen, it's like you said, when that emotion gets diffused and things are kind of relaxed, I think nine times out of 10, we're like, the other person is receptive, right? It can be. A lot of this is like, you're working through the emotion, you know, even if you're not in the right space right this second, I think most of the time people are like, yeah, let's revisit that. Right. It really depends on the situation and your relationship too. Because if it's, I mean, if you're talking to a boss that you have very little trust in, you might just not even want to share with the other person. Of course, yeah. Right? I mean, yeah. It might not even be appropriate in that moment. Um, Right. You know, or if you're meeting with someone who hasn't used good communication skills and there isn't trust there, one or both people might just not want to go there. So- That's true. It really depends on the situation. But I think a lot of times, like you said, approaching things in this way really can help the other person to feel more comfortable with to it. To feel more comfortable and to feel yeah. more safe and to feel care and concern. When we get kind of in that fight, flight brain, mm-hmm. we tend to view everything as a threat. But if you're taking the time to really active listen, mm-hmm. you're sending a message like, I want to understand you. I'm on your team. Like, let's work on this together. Right. Yeah. And if there aren't some issues maybe from your past that make you not trust people or make you not trust that person specifically, definitely it can lend itself to just a really good conversation in which you both feel closer to each other and more connected. Yeah. I think for me, the key word there is safety. Mm -hmm. I think that's an important component to, to the active listening because it's like you're trying to create that safety, right? You are. You are. And sometimes if you've had a difficult relationship, you have to kind of start with that. Like, Mm -hmm. I want to do this differently. I want to make this a place where we can work through stuff together. Like, I have Mm -hmm. an example of this. Years ago, when my oldest daughter was in middle school, you know, she was trying to learn and figure out how to manage lots of different assignments at school. And she wasn't always good at getting her assignments in. So she'd have a lot of missing assignments and we'd get a report at the end of the week that would show all of her missing assignments. And I'd approach her knowing Mm -hmm. that managing assignments in middle school and high school and college level is about learning different skills and that you don't just have them, right? Mm -hmm. Because you're in middle school all of a sudden. And so I was approaching the conversation with, hey, there's a problem. What do you think's going on? How can we fix it? But what would happen is she would get immediately defensive. Mm. And so I'd be like, hey, Em, look, there's all these assignments that are missing. What's up? And she would just be like completely shut down, giving me (laughs) one word answers. And it would usually end with her crying and just completely shut down. Mm. And I would be like, what just happened? Yeah. Like. (laughs) Like, I wasn't going in there saying, like, what are you doing? I can't believe you have all these Ds, right, Mm -hmm. in your classes, and you should be doing better. Like, I wasn't harping on her. I wasn't, like, criticizing her. I was, like, saying, look at this. Like, I was just pointing Mm -hmm. out the facts. But she was having this big emotional reactions and response. So after this had happened for a little while, I, like, sat back, and I was like, okay, let's use my therapy brain. (laughs) because you don't always do that when you're a parent right right? you're a real person and don't do things perfectly and I was like Mm -hmm. okay so I think my problem is I decided my problem was probably not getting permission oh yeah right yeah so I came to her and and so what I decided to do was to share my intentions Mm -hmm. for the conversation and then get permission Mm. 
So I started doing a different approach where I would say, hey, um, you know, there's something I want to talk to you about with school because I know that there's just a lot to do and a lot to figure out. And you don't know when you start middle school how to do all this stuff. And so Mm -hmm. I just want to like support you with what you do know and what you don't know. And so I just want to have this conversation with you and be helpful and supportive of what you want. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to have this conversation because I think you're doing something wrong. Mm -hmm. I want to have this conversation because I, as your parent, just want to help you to learn the things that you need to learn to help you to be more successful as you're growing up. Right. And would this be a good time (laughs) for us to talk about this? Yeah. And what I found is those conversations weren't ending in her crying and completely shut down and going nowhere. Mm. Once she felt like I was on her team. Yeah. But I had to kind of start the conversation off in a new and a different way Mm -hmm. and get her buy-in into that conversation before she would talk enough for me to even do active listening. Like we weren't even getting to that place. She was shutting down and not listening to what I was saying. And then Probably she was from the beginning. From the beginning. And yep. then I wasn't able to even listen to anything she was saying because she was completely shut down and not saying anything. <laughs> yeah. And it was really stressful for both mm-hmm. of us. So we were mm-hmm. able to move into a different space yeah. by starting the conversation off in a different way. Differently. Yeah. That's really good. Yeah. I just think about like some of the most difficult conversations that I've had have been with loved ones, right? So family members or Mm -hmm. really close friends, things like that. I think in a lot of those cases, I did kind of understand a need or a way that they were reacting badly to something. And so I think a lot of the times this is most effective, you know, with our closest relationships, the act of listening. Yeah, I think it's most necessary. Oh, yeah, for sure. So I think if we do kind of like hone in on those needs, things that we've observed, and I think asking for permission is really powerful, too. It is. And really learning how to get out of our own heads Mm -hmm. and how that best works for us, because we're we're just wired a little bit differently Mm -hmm. than other people. And so what helps me to get out of my head to be present Mm-hmm. In that conversation, I have to do the work of learning that and managing it and doing mm-hmm. that. I can't give that to anyone else to do and vice right. versa. <laughs> yeah. Like, I can't do the work of helping someone else to be present and actively listen, but I can show up and I can be in control if I'm going to be in that headspace. Mm-hmm. You know, I can control if I'm not in that headspace, being able to communicate clearly what is that I need to get back mm-hmm. in that headspace. Like, I can take responsibility for that and not just be like, you're making me mad. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's true. I like the permission thing. I think that's a big deal. I think I feel or have felt in the past more likely to get what I want or need by presenting it in a way where what the other person wants or needs is also important. Absolutely. I think that's a really good point. Mm Mm-hmm. Right. When someone feels pushed. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) What do they do? They push back. They push back. Yeah. Yeah. The smart ones do. I'm not saying I'm not not trying to insinuate that anybody who doesn't push back is not smart. That's not what I'm trying to get at. I was just saying. Yeah. I think it's normal. Like I even think about um, like we have a dog. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Right. And if you push against a dog they push back yeah like that's just yeah like natural and Uh no one likes to be forced into doing something if you're trying to force another person into doing what you want them to do Mm -hmm. the natural response that you're going to be getting (laughs) is resistance no yeah (laughs) there was a dog trainer that i followed a a few years ago and Mm -hmm. he said if your dog ever gets out and they're like running away from you and you're chasing them the best thing you can do is like get their attention and run away from them oh because they will chase you yeah because they'll chase you and then you can grab them 
right? But if you chase them, they're like, this is so fun. I'm going to keep going. But I think that principle, right, can apply to conversations. So sometimes Mm -hmm. like presenting it and then taking a step back, like, what do you think about this? Or would you Mm -hmm. like to do this? Invites them to come closer to you because it's not... It's not a threat. It's not a push. It's not a, well, you need to do this because I'm really angry right now. Mm -hmm. Or you need to do this because whatever the reason is. And so putting yourself in a space of active listening lessens that feeling of resistance or pushing Mm -hmm. that comes from you, which means other people are going to be more likely to want to come to you. So if you find a lot of people withdrawing from conversations with you, this would be a great skill to practice. (laughs) <laughs> really good one um uh, but it's but not that's... them it's you basically <laughs> <laughs> well not necessarily it could be everybody <laughs> but <laughs> but that's another point i want to make and that is that most people think they're really good at listening and they hear these steps and they're like oh yeah i can do that mm-hmm. and then when i sit them down in my office after we've reviewed this and i make them have a conversation in front of me using this formula yeah Do you know how many times people can successfully do that on their own without help and support the very first time? Probably never. Sometimes. If they've learned (laughs) these skills before, maybe. Yeah, but if Um, they learn them before, right? It's like on the first time. First time, usually not. not It's it's not our go-to natural way of communicating. Mm -hmm. And it can be very challenging. And so it's something... The more you do, the easier it becomes. I think that's really good. And sometimes it's good to practice with easy things, right? Like running into someone. So how was your day yesterday? And they just kind of talk about their day. And then you can be like, oh, so you went to the store and then you had to go get your car filled up with gas, right? Like Mm -hmm. that's a really easy way to just validate and learn how to do the active listening piece when it's not tied to something else and So you can slip it into the conversation just Mm -hmm. in your everyday so that maybe when you have some of those more high stakes conversations, you can start slipping it in and it's not going to feel maybe robotic. Mm -hmm. Like I've had people who are trying really hard. It sounded robotic and their partner responded with, you don't mean that. You don't really want to know. Oh, (laughs) yeah. And I'm like, they're trying. Please give them credit. Yeah, right. They could have just walked out of my office when I was like, hey, say this statement. It sounds like you're saying, right? Like, they have an option to walk out. But no, they're here. They're trying. They're trying to make it better. They're trying to learn something new. So I have a question for you. Sure. So is this considered active listening? If I say, hey, how are you doing? Or, hey, how was your day yesterday? And you start answering. You tell me about your day. And then I ask you a question about something specific you said. Is that part of active listening or is that different? It definitely can be part of active listening if you are asking clarifying questions in order to understand better. Okay. There's a very big difference and distinction between asking clarifying questions to better understand and asking clarifying questions to try to lead someone to your own conclusions. <laughs> that sounds very manipulative. <laughs> like, we really do that a lot, though. We're like, don't you oh, think sure. maybe if you had done it this way, it could have turned out better? Mm-hmm. Like, does that sound like a question you're asking to really understand? <laughs> no. That sounds like something a mother would say. Mm, yeah. lie. Or, or a parent, I should say. Well, a parent. Know. But I've heard couples say things like that to each other all the time because they yeah. they're they're not doing the active listening they're stuck in their yeah in, in their, their way yeah their opinion about stuff and oftentimes our opinion is very one-sided and it's very our perspective and so we think we see really clearly what the other person should do and this problem mm-hmm. would be fixed and so if the other person would just see it and do it then the problem's good yeah it's done like it's solved but that's not necessarily what the other person sees the real problem as (laughs) so that's not really going to be helpful so we really need to listen to the other person because the other person and their perspective on what the problem is it is also a hundred percent just as valid as yours and if you're not willing to listen you're only really going to be seeing half of what's going on it's Mm. a lot more difficult to solve something if you're only getting half of that picture, right? If I only got half the puzzle pieces, 
Mm-hmm. It would be really hard to try and make a puzzle. Think about yeah. that. If half the puzzle pieces are missing, mm-hmm. forget about it. Don't even try. But that's what people right. are doing all the time in their conversations with other people is they're trying to solve it based on half of the puzzle pieces. <laughs> yeah. Right. That doesn't work too well. It doesn't work too well. And they're wondering yeah. why everyone's really frustrated and why uh-huh. things are not going well in their lives. Right. Or relationships. Yeah. You only have half the puzzle pieces. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Well, this has been really, really good information. Is there anything else you can think of that we didn't touch on yet that we should? I don't think so. I think we talked about the most important principles of active listening. And mm-hmm. I really hope that people can maybe take this principle and just try it out a little bit in their life and just see what comes of it because it is something that especially when communication is difficult can be very very beneficial right yeah and i think sometimes especially with our closest people (laughs) yeah communication can be pretty difficult so it can for sure for sure well thank you julie for your insight yeah you're really good (laughs) thank you all for listening we really do appreciate you this has been a really really fun interesting journey for us Um, we're really happy to be able to put this stuff out for you and we also just really really appreciate your feedback i know there's been some people who (laughs) make comments and share social media and stuff like that we really appreciate that those things are really helpful they are Um, we've made a number of adjustments to things that we're doing because of the specific feedback that we've been given we've never done mm-hmm. podcasting before so yeah. um there there have been a lot of tweaks that we've had to make mm-hmm. to make this even better for you so the better feedback and the more feedback we can give i feel like the more we can really help and serve you our listeners mm-hmm. yep that's good well thank you all we will see you on the next episode bye, bye.